This special edition of Downtown Sports is brought to you by Digital Market Battles, the marketing agency that helps your business fill their pipeline with high-valued leads. They'll meet your conversion goals no matter what. Just head on over to digitalmarketbattles.com to schedule your discovery call today. Jonathan Perriente, the beast of the East, here with you. Out of the South, John Schiavone cannot make it today. But no worries, I'm here calling this one with you solo. And I have a very special guest here with me today. And I think it's about time we discuss the FIFA World Cup. We're 10 days into the tournament. Some surprises already. The United States is moving on to the knockout stage. So I wanted to bring somebody very special here. Somebody that we had not too long ago to dive into the World Cup. Someone that can really tell us a direction of where these games are going to be heading. Maybe who might go all the way. We're pleased to welcome a good friend of ours, host of the Mighty Sports Express podcast. It is Matt O'Boyle, and he joins me here today on Downtown Sports. Matt, a pleasure to have you. How are you doing, man? I want to be. It's great being with you, man. Always, always. So, Matt, let's uh, let's dive into things here, and let's begin first with the, so far, the start to the World Cup. It, it's being held, of course, in Qatar. Uh, there's been a lot of, well, there were a lot of concerns early of how Qatar was going to host this event, being that it's, it's usually very hot around Qatar. They had to do it late in the in late in the year in, in late November just to have accommodated temperatures where it's not over 100 degrees and all that. But so far, based on what you have seen from the first week and a half so far of, of the cup, what are your impressions so far? You know, there was a lot of concerns. Obviously, um, this World Cup, there were so many different things to it being held in in the in the uh, you know late fall, early winter. Um, obviously there were some, uh, human rights issues with Qatar. The funny thing about this is once the sport starts, it, it, once it starts, all that goes out the window, it's really kind of held serve to what, what always happens. Um, you know, each of these, you know, countries plays three matches. The first one tends to be a little bit like the first round of a fight. The first few rounds we there's kind of a feeling out process. We had some good matches. We had some not so interesting matches mm. by the second, by the second match day. Um, it really starts to settle in. Uh, we saw, uh, I thought a very interesting match that ended nil nil with uh, the United States and England, mm. uh, where I thought the United States played fantastic. Um, England did not necessarily put their best represent representation up, if you will. Um, but now here we are where it's the third, you know, the third match day, it's really settled in and, and it's been unbelievably entertaining. I think the ratings have been great, uh, by all accounts. Um, and I think at least in this country, the interest has been, uh, phenomenal. Um, I think, uh, even really non, um, sort of diehard soccer fans have been intrigued by it. Uh, maybe it's just because it's the time of the year and it kind of caught them off guard. Whereas normally in the summer, you know, we know a lot of people would be away right now, mm. you know, at the beach or whatever else. <clears throat> this came on during Thanksgiving, you know, which is so unbelievably different. So I think, I think it's, um, I think it's been great. I, I honestly, I mean, all the concerns aside, which will still always be an issue, the human rights, the bribery with FIFA, all that stuff will always be there. I think it's been a great tournament so far. I can I couldn't agree more. It's been very exciting. I loved all these match these these matches that have been happening. 
One thing I've noticed uh, particularly, and I think this is something new FIFA's incorporated, the lengthier stoppage times in each half. I've been seeing stoppage times of, of five, nine minutes. I think there was one that went 13 to 14 minutes. Uh, why has that been happening in such regularity so far in the early going of the tournament? I think the, the biggest reason is pretty simple. I think it's VAR, um, which is a video-assisted refereeing. Mm. Um, we've seen this now uh, for a significant amount of time um, in, in, the, in the top flight leagues in, in Europe. Uh, we've seen this in England. We've seen this in Italy, Germany, France, Spain, you name it. Uh, because of video-assisted refereeing, it has, it, it's, it, you know what? It's the same thing with instant replay. There's nothing instant about it. You know, it, there's replay. There's nothing instant. It, it, it's a process. It takes way longer than they ever expected it to. Um, they sort of hem and haw over, you know, one centimeter of a guy being, you know, onside or offside. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, because of that, it, it's made the matches significantly longer. Yeah, I'm going to be curious to see how this will be cleaned up when we advance over to the knockout stage. That's going to be very interesting. You know, then the games mean a lot more. Yeah. And of course, penalty kicks get incorporated into the knockout stage along with the 30 minutes of overtime with stoppage time there. So you could be seeing these players going into the next round playing beyond 120 minutes. Maybe add another 30 more minutes onto that combined with the stoppage time. You could be seeing action for 150 minutes. So these players are going yeah. to be playing in, on playing in this in the mild muggy conditions in Cotter. Yeah, it's possible. So let's dive into uh, each of the group stages that we have seen, and we'll we'll start with the we'll start with we'll, we'll go from Group A and kind of work our way down. Uh, teams that you are are you surprised to have seen the Netherlands and Senegal make it out of their first round, and they're going to go to the knockout stage each. Uh, your impressions of the Netherlands and of Senegal? Um. Not not surprised. Two very good countries. Um, the Netherlands have probably uh, traditionally over the last few years disappointed in terms of talent. Um, probably haven't lived up to that. But in this tournament, they been they were good. They got a, I thought they had a, fa a fairly um, reasonable draw. You know, in terms of, of the group that they were in, uh, Senegal has been very good, uh, and they're actually missing their best player, which is Sadio Mane, wow. uh, who plays for Bayern Munich. Um, but they won the AFCON. Um, they are a very, a very strong, uh, very strong country. So not, not, not shocking to me that those, uh, those two got through. I'm very happy to see it, by the way, how they bounced back against Ecuador because they gave up the tying goal. And just minutes later, Senegal answered and made it two one. And they didn't look yeah. back the rest of that game. That was huge. Yeah, for Senegal to yeah no, they, they they were very Ecuador. By the way, I you know no kudos to them. They played well in this tournament. Good. Just just really just caught kind of a, a tough break um, in regards to you know the Senegal. Senegal really showed a lot of resilience, to be honest with you, because not having Sadio Mane, I think a lot of people assumed that they would. Um, not be able to get through the group, and uh, they played great. Absolutely. Let's dive into a couple of the group stages that have implications for the knockout stage looming, particularly in Group C and in Group D. Poland, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Mexico. Every one of these teams are within striking distance, and only two of them are going to advance. 
So big games right now. In fact, the first game is going on as we speak for this group of the tournament. So right now you have Denmark and Australia are facing off. Denmark is facing basically a a must win or they're out. Australia, one of those two is going to make it. That's how this is right now. If Australia at least ties, I think they make it in. Yeah, so, the um, the Aussies have always been um, – they're tough. Um, not always uh, having as much talent, if you will, as some of the teams that they go against in, 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 the, in the World Cup, but uh, have always played tough. Um, this is a good Denmark side. I mean, it really is. Um, I think they'll get through. I think Denmark will, will figure out a way to navigate, navigate its way through. Um, on the other side, in terms of the Saudis and, and Mexico, I mean, Mexico really has not played well in this tournament. That's a little surprising. Have, That's kind of shocking. That is actually kind of shocking. Well, it, you know, um, El Tri has, is a you know is a is a, a country. You know, listen, they'll be in the next one with us and, and Canada, obviously. Mm-hmm. This is not their their traditionally strong side, if you will. Um, th- this is is not one of their sort of classically uh, strong uh, eleven, you know, starting elevens and bench. They, um, you know, it, it's definitely going to be a disappointment. I mean, there, there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Saudi Arabia, you know, you just have to give them credit. I mean, that you know, play, played really well. Um, you know, I think played much better than anybody could, you know, could have ever expected. Um, you know, in, in terms of, you know, on the other side of it, you know, you have obviously Argentina and Poland. I, you know, Argentina, I think losing to Saudi Arabia is one. Of, you know, will go down in history as one of the the huge upsets. You know, in recent memory, but they they bounced back. I mean, as soon as they needed, you know, they were in a in a big spot. They got it from Messi. You well, know, lots Messi. of things are on the line for Argentina. A lot of things are still on the line. They still have to at least draw or win a game, otherwise, yeah, it could be the end of the road yeah. for them. Yeah, I think Argentina and, and Poland is is an unbelievable matchup later today. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I have family that are are huge Poland supporters. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, feel like they're going to be heartbroken at the end of the afternoon because I, I think I think Messi really, it's he's really put it on his shoulders that this is. You know, this is going to be his last one. There's no question about it. He's almost uh, actually um, signed with uh, Inter Miami. So he'll be in MLS next season. So this is almost the end of his European career as well. And uh, so I I think there's no way. I mean, I I just assume he'll he'll carry them into the knockout round. How they do after that, you know, who knows. But uh, I don't think there's any chance that – Argentina is not playing in the knockout run. I just don't see it. So, All Poland right. would need Poland would need America. Poland needs uh, it needs Mexico to come up with a big performance with nothing really nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. You know, Poland at this point now it's really uh, sorry Mexico at this point would just be about playing for pride, yeah, and trying to get ready for the uh, for the World Cup coming up in 20, uh, 2022, 26. Which they've already qualified for, so they don't have to. <laughs> that's one thing. That's one good thing. They don't have to worry about that. So that's very good. Let's dive into the uh, remaining groups. Uh, group E with that Spain's uh, bracket, Japan, Costa Rica. Very shocking to see Germany dead last, and basically they're facing a must win. This has been an interesting last, um, let's say, four to six years for uh germany in terms of the international side um they went out early last at the last world cup mm. haven't been strong in the euros um 
the funniest thing is that that doesn't really make sense is they have so much unbelievable talent. Yeah. But it's just been one of those things. It just hasn't at the international level. It just has not worked. Um, and it really is. It, it's very difficult to figure out because, you know, in terms of when you put the German squad together, it's like, you know, it's like playing FIFA. I mean, you know, the, the I mean, there's just superstar after superstar. But they've really had a very difficult time in terms of the international stage. And, um, I, you know, it'll be considered a humongous disappointment. I mean, there'll be calls for uh, Hansi Flick's job. Mm. Who's the manager? They'll be calling for his for his head if he doesn't get them, you know, into the knockout stage. Particularly how they, and particularly losing that game to Japan, really was uh, was just a shock. And here, Japan is they're they're a step away. Japan, if they can, they could at least get a tire win. They they could get themselves in. Very underrated, very underrated squad. They do have a lot of talent on it, but still, you're absolutely right. Germany had to get that. I mean, that's that's you know when you saw the fixtures. There's no question they put that down as a win, you know, in their minds. Um, but Japan is a, is a much better side than I think a lot of people give them credit for. Um, they do have a lot of talent. These guys have played together uh, for a significant amount of time. So I think there's a familiarity with them that maybe doesn't happen with some of the other clubs. You know, with Germany, there's been a lot of sort of uh, turnover. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the bigger players you know, sort of fading away with the younger players coming in. Japan, this has kind of been their side now for the better part of the last few years with just bringing in some young players uh, to supplement the team that they already had. But there's just no excuse. I mean, Germany, you know, there's no question that the, you know, the the, the, the supporters of Germany had to be very unhappy uh, with that. You know, then they play Spain, a 1-1 a one, one draw. Which is, you know, I mean, that's understandable. Spain is one of the, you know, best best countries in the world in, in terms of this. You know, now it's it's all on the line against Costa Rica. They must you know, be Costa well, Rica. They, plain and simple, they must be Costa Rica. That's it. That's it. And 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 they should. I mean, I, I think they'll get. I think they'll get the win today. I don't think I'd be. I would be surprised. There's been surprises throughout this entire tournament. So you know, yeah. who knows? But I, I think Germany will get it done. But there's they have an immense amount of pressure. And that's, you know, that's where, that's the big thing. How do these teams respond to the pressure of knowing, mm-hmm. you know, hey, listen, if we don't win, we're going home. Yeah. And, and we're going to hear about it. I mean, you, you, and you will hear about it on social, you know, these young, these young kids are going to hear about it on social media, mm-hmm. you know, on, on Twitter and Instagram and all that. They'll, hear, they'll read about it in the papers. Yeah. So there's a lot of pressure, but I think they'll get it done. Let's dive into group F and group G and H. Uh, Group F has been uh, one surprise team. I'm really shocked to see where they are is Morocco. Four points. They're tied with Croatia. And Morocco plays Canada tomorrow. That's a big one for that Morocco. Morocco gets at least a tie. They're in. This is uh, this would be a real surprise. uh, Did not see. Did not see that coming. They do have. I know they do have a few players who play at the top flight, Mm -hmm. um, but did not see that coming. I mean, absolutely. You know, one of the uh, one of the gems of the tournament because people people love the underdog story. Yeah, you know they they love they love the idea of, of uh, the team coming out of nowhere. Um, very listen, it's an interesting thing because I thought Canada was brilliant in their first in their first match where they lost one nil to Belgium. Mm-hmm. I thought Canada played fantastic. It was just one of those things where they just could not. Uh, 
get it past and put the ball past uh, Thibaut Courtois, who's uh, one of the best goalkeepers on earth. But I, I thought in terms of the the way they played and and with the with the um, tenacity and the aggression that they played with in terms of taking it right to Belgium. I mean, they really did. It, you know, it was one of those things where if you were if you if it was a boxing match, you'd look at it and be like, look, they won most of the rounds. They just you know they slipped you know and and got knocked down one time, and that was all it really was. But they unfortunately. You know, they come out in the next match and they score early and you think, okay, this is the Canada, you know, look at this. And then they give up the two goals and they lose two to one on four, you know, which is unfortunate. But the question will be, you know, will they want to, is there any pride in in trying to, you know, just get yourself, you know, you're not, you're not going through you know, do they show up today? And, I, you know, tomorrow or tomorrow, whenever the match is. They'll have to play um, That's all they can do now is play spoiler. Yeah, that's it. And and I do think that, listen, you know, it's for the truth of the matter is Canada has been the best team in um, CONCACAF, which is where the United States, Mexico, Canada has been the best team by far, for the, you know, for a significant amount of time now. Uh, they do have a lot of talent. Alfonso Davies is one of the best young players in the world at, at Bayern Munich. Um, Jonathan David is a striker that I, I very high on. I would love to see at Liverpool. Well, now we have a striker, but when we were looking for a striker, he was one that I certainly uh, thought. But the, the talent is there. You know, it, just do they want to play spoiler? And I think the, the big thing, though, too, is, you know, we talk about the United States being young. Canada is young as well. And, and they are definitely building for 2026, where it's going to be in their backyard. Um, I think that's when you're going to really start to see the best of Canada. But, you know, see, I think similarly with the United States, just the United States happen to get through the group stage. But I, you know, I think this is a building process um, for these young clubs. The next one is the one where you, I think they're going to really feel like we need to step into the spotlight and show uh, show the world how good we can be. Yeah. Portugal, of course, with Cristiano Ronaldo, they're going to make it on to the next round uh, with six points. Doesn't matter if they win if they win or lose. Brazil's going on. Uh, Switzerland, Ghana could be very is going to be an interesting one coming out of Group G and H. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into the uh, into Ghana and Switzerland very quickly. So I, Ghana, I know, has been a very strong team in, in the World Cup. They've they've been here. This team knows how to win big games. Uh, what do you think of Ghana's chances? Uh, will they will they make some noise? Should they make it to the knock? Right now, if they get at least a tie, they can make it to the knockout stage. Same thing for Switzerland. Everybody else has got um, one point. Listen, you know, uh, Ghana, Ghana is a, a very tough team, um, very difficult, you know, can play very physical, um, you know, not the strongest team uh, from Africa, but they certainly are, are a tough team. Um, you know, again, when it comes down to push comes to shove with, you know, the, you know, winner take all kind of thing. This Switzerland side has has some players on it and and has some guys uh, who know how to get it done. Seemingly, um, the Swiss have been much better in in uh, in the tournament than I think a lot of people would be aware of. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Switzerland, even though I know I'll probably end up regretting it. I just Granit Xhaka, uh, Jordan Shakiri, a um, couple other players that they have on there. That 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 play at the high, you know, have played at the highest levels or play at the high level. I just, you know, I any team with Granite Shaka is always going to have a fight in it because that that's exactly what he does. He's a walking red card waiting to happen, as uh, somebody once summarized to me. 
Um, but he, but he's also a very talented and very good player. So I, I think us, I think um, Switzerland will will navigate his way out of the group over Ghana. All right. So let's go now to the the game that everybody was talking about yesterday, the highly anticipated game, the United States against Iran. The United States beat Iran one nil, which was a very important win for them. And to see this young core of players for the United States, guys like McKenney, guys like Musa, guys like Pulisic, who had the big goal, ended up leaving the game injured following that goal. What were some things you, you took away from that U.S.-Iran game? Like what stood out to you about this U.S. team, maybe compared to the U.S. teams of the past? You, you summed it up. I mean, they are young, and, and that is – in in a good way, not just, you know, they're young and not talented. They are young and very talented. Um, when you look, but when we look back at this tournament, had they not gotten out of the group, it would have been a massive disappointment considering, especially considering how they played. Um, they were excellent against, against Wales. Yeah. You had a, you know, a, a, a brain fart, if you would, by Walker Zimmerman, who fouls Gareth Bale, for the, in the box penalty, and we get one one. Wales was terrible. I mean, it, it, the United States was were miles better than they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite frankly thought they were that the United States was going to get whooped by England. I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, the United States was up for it. They punched uh, England in the mouth and said, "We're going to be here all all ninety minutes." And England never responded. To be honest with you. Um, I never really thought at any point during that match they were better than the United States. Not one. And and we know talent wise, we know they're better. Yeah. Uh, yeah with, shut down shut down Harry Kane, that who's one of the top players for England. I mean you know, that, Harry, that's incredible. Shut him down. Walker Walker Zimmerman redeemed himself because if you remember he had taken the penalty, mm-hmm. he saved the best opportunity that England had in that match. Um he he uh deflected a, a point blank shot from Harry Kane. Uh, that should that would normally you would assume would be in the back of the net. You know, that's you just would assume it would be a goal. It wasn't. Um, and then, you know, look, the thing was, we've seen the United States in matches where we know that they're the better side and it's a must win. And we've seen them lose. Yep. They didn't do that. They were be- Iran wanted no part of the United States yesterday. Just didn't want any part of it. Um, the the Pulisic goal is one of those goals that I think You'll have young people who love this sport talking about twenty years from now. Yeah, just the the the, the absolute tenacity and the fearlessness that we saw him show in scoring that goal. I mean, he just literally no no will for his no no care for his body. Went out, got the goal, gave them the lead. I didn't know if that would hold up. I was concerned. I'll be honest with you. I thought that they needed to get the second one. Um, because I just thought it, it, one goal out of Iran is not crazy to think they had scored four in the first two matches. Um, they had scored two against England, two against Wales. The United States just—I mean, if you look at the job they've done defensively, it's been unbelievable. It's not—it's not always the, the the most exciting football to watch or soccer, whatever you want to call it. Um, only two goals in the three matches, but they got it done. I, and 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 they and if if you, it's one of those things, if you don't watch it. Enough. You maybe you don't understand it. They were they've been the, they were the best team in that group. The most certainly the most consistent team. 
Um, if you want to say England because they had the six goals against Iran and then they they won comfortably against Wales, fair enough. You know, if you want to say they were the best team and then they obviously finished top of the top of the group. The United States played fantastic, and and the future is bright. I I still have concerns about the head coach uh, about Berhalter. Um, yeah. But there's more talent. level headed than Bruce Arena. Um, you remember when the coach? Was yeah, there? sure. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with you in that regard. I I just don't know. The one thing is, there's always going to be a concern about the United States' ability if they fall behind one nil. Then all of a sudden, there's that pressure of getting a goal. They've just they just don't score a lot, and that is the one thing I think between now and 2026, they have to try to figure out a way to be more creative. I'm I'm not saying that you have to score the way Brazil scores, or you know Spain hanging seven on Costa Rica, you know in the open. You don't have to do that. Um, but they when you watch them, they're really strong. From Matt Turner, the goalkeeper. And then they get to like the inside the, the you know the eighteen yard box, and then suddenly everybody kind of just forgets you know they're they create but they don't finish or you know whatever the case may be, and and the, the thing that was great yesterday was really it felt like Pulisic's like I'm just going to take this by this match by the scruff of the neck, you know a great cross in from Sergio Dest, uh, who you know who's a, a elite player and. You know, Pulisic, it was just one of those things. He was going to kill himself trying to get that ball in the back of it, and he did. And, and unfortunately, uh, you know, it became a thing where, you know, some people were – I was getting into an argument with a friend of mine, uh, actually my brother-in-law, about, you know, he said they should have pulled him off the pitch immediately and replaced him. I said, no, nah, listen, I understood. I mean, you know, Burhalter wanted to give him the opportunity of the break uh, of the halftime break to try to get himself, you know, see if he could keep him on the pitch. Uh, didn't pan out that way, unfortunately, but uh, Brendan Aronson, who plays in the premier league for Leeds United, very good young player. He came on and, and they were able to hold on to it. It's listen, it yesterday was a huge, yesterday is arguably one of the biggest matches in United States history. Yes. What happens on Saturday against the Netherlands is almost irrelevant. Yeah. I'd like to dive into the, at least what we have so far for the knockout stage. So you have the USA against Netherlands. That will be December 3rd. Then the day after that, we already have this set. England will take on Senegal in the knockout stage. So these are going to be two very, we, these are going to be two very interesting games, at least so far of what we know for the next round. Um, England, England will have their hands full. Um, yeah. they, Senegal, they, they're not an easy team. Absolutely. Um, I think, look, I, I think in regards to the United States and, and Netherlands, um, I think the the only bad break the United States caught was, you know, it's a 9 a.m. start. <laughs> I yeah. mean, so you're going to have, you know, so you're talking about, you know, you're talking about a 6 a.m. start out on the West Coast. Um, just, I mean, not from, it will, that won't affect the players, of course. That That's more for just the supporters. But um, listen, I think I think the United States can certainly play with the Netherlands. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any question. It's a talented side, but at the same time, they have been, very disappointing. Um, I also don't understand some of the managerial decisions. Um, you know, they they left home, in my opinion, one of now I think he's been hurt. So I guess in the, in that regard, they're going to get a break. But um, uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum used to play for Liverpool, played for Paris Saint Germain, and then went to Rome. Um, he fell out in, in, in Paris. Uh, he just couldn't get any playing time. And because of that, they basically left him uh, out of the out of the international 
you know, phase basically because the way the manager saw it is if you're not playing for, you know, your, your club, why are you going to play for me? But we, we just saw that with, you know, Christian Pulisic has been struggling for playing time at Chelsea. And I give Berhalter credit. His Berhalter's like, I don't care if he's not playing at Chelsea. He's playing for me. Exactly. Um, so I listen. I think I th- the biggest thing would be this. At, at the very least, let's hope the United States can can put on a strong performance. If they come up sure, it's not the end of the world. But it would be disappointing to watch them. You know, go out and get rolled. You know, three nothing, four nil, whatever. It, it just it, continue to do what you've done. Hopefully Pulisic will be ready. I, he says he's going to be, he'll be fine uh, for Saturday. Hopefully he will. Um, hopefully we can get a little, little bit of rest from Weston McKinney. You know, I'm still curious to see why, why Gio uh, Reyna hasn't been more a part of this tournament. I don't know if it's fitness. They've been using him off the uh, bench. I think they're kind of building back his minutes. Cause I think he did come back from an injury. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, little time, I, but I like the depth the U S has though. That's, that's the great thing. These young kids, they play with a lot of energy and, they have a lot of speed to their game as well. These guys are quick. yeah. I just you know the thing my my thing is I I would like to see them be a little on more on the front foot early, and then if Giorena can only give you fifty minutes, sixty minutes, you know, then take them off at the you know with thirty minutes to play and and defend from there, as opposed to you know playing sixty minutes or seventy minutes. And then trying to snatch a goal late, I, you know, my he. The thing is, is the United States has good defending, a good midfield. Tyler Adams has been fantastic. He's been a great captain for this team so far. Um, you know, Weston McKinney is a tremendous talent. He's been kind of dealing with some fitness issues as well. But it's one of those things where Gio Reyna is a game changer. He he's you know along with Pulisic, he is. The most gifted player and Timothy. I, I'm a huge Timothy Wea fan. Yeah, um, I I would like to see Timothy. I you know when they were sort of talking about who who should be the striker um, for the United States. To me, the answer was always pretty simple. I I always thought, felt like it should be Timothy Wea. Mm-hmm. Played yesterday on the wing uh, with Josh Sargent down the middle. They kind of played a different formation where Josh Sargent sort of dropped a little bit deeper, more into the midfield, and then they, which I understand. But to me, Timothy, why, you know, I, I hate to be old school, you know, he, I mean, we're talking about the son of a guy who won the Ballon d'Or. I mean, you know, George Wyatt, you know, was a legend, you know, not not to mention, you know, went to became the president of Liberia. So this is this is somebody who's accomplished great things. Um, but his son was born here in the United States. Again, you know, very much identifies as, as an American. This wasn't. A thing where, you know, Serginio Dest a few years ago, you know, he had two decisions. He had the United States and the Netherlands. Everybody assumed he would pick the Netherlands. He ended up picking uh, the U.S., which was great, which was a huge coup for the United States. Um, Timothy Way could have played for a multitude of countries, could have played for England, could have played for the United States, could have played for Liberia. I believe he might have even been able to play for uh, France, if I remember correctly, because I think he had some family ties there. But he ultimately, you know, there was an interview with him the other day. He's like, look, I'm from Queens. You know, I, I, I loved it. It was it was great to see. So he's he's a guy I'm a huge fan of. Um, look, it's like I said, this is the, they played in my mind, the biggest game the United States has played in a very long time. And and they were great yesterday. They got the win. Forget that it was only one nil. It could have been more. 
had a couple now, goals disallowed, which kind of stunk. I think way ahead yeah. of goal that was ruled offside by just yeah, end. which was which was brutal. I I thought he was onside, but uh, you know who knows? They I guess you know VAR almost always seems to get it right. It, you know who knows? But now on Saturday, play play fast and loose. You, you know you're playing with house money at this point. Exactly. Uh, you know, go out and just do what you do. Don't be intimidated. I, and I don't think they listen. If you're not into, if they they played an unintimidated, you know, they were not intimidated by England. I don't think they're going to be intimidated by Netherlands. Just be they, smart. This is a very loose team. They're very excited. They. I'm happy the U.S. just got to this round to begin with. I'm happy they're even in the knockout stage at all. So well, it's massive. They they had they had to. If they if they had if they had come up short with the way that they had played against what I think people initially thought were going to be the two toughest matches in the group in terms of Wales and England. That was, I think the way that we looked at it was England was strongest team. This was a very poor Wales team, but Wales has been good in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe they went to the, either the quarterfinals or the semifinals of the Euros not too long ago, but the wheels kind of fell off on them quickly, but the U S had to get out of this uh, group stage they did, and they've been and and they've looked good doing it. Just the, the goals. The one thing, like I said, is you know scoring goals. They it's very they do put themselves in a very tough spot. They can't fall behind. Yeah, have to play from in front mm-hmm. because they just they just don't have that guy who can go and grab the match by the scruff of the neck. A guy like Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo or or you know for Brazil Brazil basically anybody wearing a yellow kit. Um, the United States have to play from in front and they have to be strong defensively. That is certainly, and I, and I kudos to Matt Turner. Matt Turner has been great uh, as the goalkeeper. He's been phenomenal. And that was a big concern coming into the tournament was uh, who would Burr go with? There was a lot of thoughts. It would be Zach Steffen. And he went with Matt Turner, who's, you know, a backup at, at the top, top of the table arsenal right now. But Matt Turner has all the makings to being an elite, goalkeeper at the uh at the club and, and international level and he's been great so far we'll see how far that takes him so we'll get you out of here on this one so the other game for the knockout stage england and senegal that's going to be an interesting game we've briefly talked about this does england the pre- this one? man the pressure england is under is immense uh, it, there's just no way to put it uh, no other way to put it um gareth Saki is under as much scrutiny as Aaron Boone, you know, in New York. I mean, he, wow. I mean, the scrutiny that he he is put under in terms of the players he selects, uh, in terms of the players he plays, um, it's a constant, and it's one of those things that it, you know it it lasted. You know, they 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 routed Iran six two. Okay, nothing. Nobody can say anything, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you have your English supporters. Football's coming home. That whole thing. They got very quiet all of a sudden. When they played the United States, even though it ended up with a draw, the United States outplayed them. There's just no way other way to say it. Now they bounce back against Wales. Okay, fair enough. Top of the group. Okay, good enough. There's the pressure they're going to put. <laughs> the t- there's no question that England has more talent than Senegal, especially with no Sadio Mane. But the fact of the matter is, Senegal is not afraid. They've the these guys know each other well. They played together. This, you know, again, the Senegal team is very similar to you know Japan. These guys have played together for a lot. There's not there's not nearly as much sort of up you know up up upheaval if you will 
when a new player comes in, okay, fair enough. But the talent is there. They won't be afraid of England. There's no question of, of, that, of that at all. And it's one of those things where Berhold, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Garasowski has to be, has to get the start in 11 right. And he has to manage his bench. You know, he, he there's been a lot of uh, of people, you know, saying, how come you're not playing? And I'm, I'm not even saying this as a Liverpool fan. You know, Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, one of the best young uh, right backs in the world sitting on the bench. Why is, is uh, Southgate not playing it? So he's constantly under scrutiny. He's going to have to get it right. And uh, listen, they they drew, you know, you would much rather, if you're England, you would much rather see them draw the Netherlands than Senegal. Because the thing with the Netherlands, they're under pressure too. Senegal's not under pressure. They're, you know, this is one of those things. They've been good. Like I said, they won uh, the Africa Cup of Nations. There's a lot of sort of positivity about this side. If they go out to England, they go out to England. It's not the end of the world. But England is under an immense amount of pressure. I would not be shocked. I would to me it would not be a shocking uh, result if England got knocked out in the round of 16. I would I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't be be shocked at all. all right. Well, we're going to see how this goes. December 3rd, we'll start the knockout stage of the FIFA World Cup. We're just days away from that. The final games of group play will be finishing off today, tomorrow, and we will find out the final 16 who will win the FIFA World Cup by the end of December. This will be an exciting tournament the rest of the way. Matt Boyle, Mighty Sport Express podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today and best of luck to the United States and best of luck to every team playing in the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Hopefully we can do this again uh, one of these days before they wrap up uh, this uh, this tournament. Oh, I think, I hope, oh, we plan to. I hope we will. Definitely will. <laughs> you can listen. That was Matt O'Boyle of the Mighty Sports Express podcast. You can listen to Downtown Sports on 22 different platforms. One Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Bullhorn, Podday, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, Podvine, Odyssey, Odyssey, and iHeartRadio. Rants, episodes, digital market battle specials every week. We are Downtown Sports. We are where sports come home. I want to thank Chris DeLarge. I want to thank Tony Mangle. I want to thank Matt O'Boyle. Mouth of the South as well. John Schiavone, he will join me on our next episode. But for right now, East of the East, Jonathan Pariente saying goodbye. Watch out.